Hello and welcome to The Motherhood Guide, where it's all about making your experiences of pregnancy, birth and motherhood better. I'm your host Kelly, a mum of two, a hypnobirthing teacher and birth educator, and I'm here to help you thrive in motherhood rather than simply just survive. Let's get started. Okay, so as a hypnobirthing teacher and birth educator, I know, plain and simply, you guys just want to know how to have a better birth experience, don't you? Well... I do wish it was as simple as me saying, okay, if you do this and this, you'll have a great birth. Obviously, it's not quite so easy. There is so much to know in preparation for birth. I run a full hypnobirthing course that is 10 hours long. And even then, there is literally so much information on top of that that would benefit you and positively influence your birth. There really is so much to know. But we can only take on so much information at a time, can't we? And I do think that there is one fairly easy thing that I can share with you that is almost like a little hack to improving your birth experience. And that is understanding the role of adrenaline in the dilation process. Because this is where so many births start to go off course. And now this is relevant to wherever you decide to give birth. So that might be a hospital, that might be at home, it might be at a birth centre. And it's really important for you to tune in to where is the best birthplace location for you. And I would also really encourage you to actually look into that. I know that most people think that the norm is giving birth at hospital and that's what they should do but statistically for most women home birth is safest so I would really encourage you to have a little look at that as well to make sure that if you're ruling that out then that is for the right reasons. So whatever it is you decide to give birth you need to make sure that you are working cohesively with your body in labour and actively trying to reduce the amount of adrenaline that is going to be in your system. Okay so let's go back. I always use this analogy when I talk to my clients about birth. I want you to picture birth thousands of years ago. And now I should pre-warn you, obviously our knowledge of how birth happened in the Stone Age is limited, but we do have a bit of a grasp about what was going down because things haven't changed all that much when it comes to working with our bodies in labour. So yeah, picture it. You're a cavewoman and you have your caveman birth partner by your side. Or actually... Maybe back then it was other cavewomen, who knows? I actually don't know the answer to that. But anyway, I digress. Maybe it's a caveman. Maybe it's your other cave ladies that are there cheerleading you. Who knows? But back then, imagine what your birthing environment was like. It's very likely that instinctively you would have retreated to your nice, safe cave to give birth. Because there was certainly no hospitals back then. So... You go into this nice dark cave where the magic of birth begins to happen. But also imagine what is going on outside that cave. Hardly the safest environment either, is it? You were literally living in the wild and it wouldn't be uncommon to bump into things that were pretty dangerous, pretty dangerous animals. There was no barriers, there was no borders. So yeah, you could assume that you were going to come into contact with danger. And what does that mean for birth? Well, it could very well be likely that you're in your cave, getting in the zone for birth, but then a saber-toothed tiger. It's always the saber-toothed tiger for me. Don't ask me why. I don't even know if saber-toothed tigers were like alive in the Stone Age. Who knows? But for me, I always just picture a saber-toothed tiger walking by the front of the cave. And, you know, if you think about what birth is like, it might be noisy. 
There might be bodily fluids, might be strong smells. So if you imagine a saber-toothed tiger walking past the cave, it might get a wee whiff of what's going on in there. It might hear a little bit of a ruckus going on. And now they're going to be at the top of the cave trying to figure out where that's coming from. So our bodies had to be designed in a way that would be able to protect us from these experiences. If birth was to progress in this situation, mum would probably get more noisy. Definitely would be bodily fluid released at some point. Maybe a little bit of blood. Newborn babies also would cry and they emit their own smell. And it would be very, very likely that this tiger is going to be right on in. So what does our body need to do? It needs to protect itself and it needs to protect the baby. It needs to stop labour from progressing. And how does it know when to do that? It does that by recognising when there is adrenaline in the system. And that's the exact same as it is now. You know, if we sense that an environment isn't safe, then we will start to feel that adrenaline pumping through our body. And think about it, we are highly intuitive human beings. How many times have you instinctively suspected that something about a situation isn't quite safe or told yourself that the vibe was off? We absolutely do sense danger before it happens as a form of protection. And that's exactly what I'm explaining here. We pick up on feelings of danger and when our body senses this, it sends us into that good old reaction called fight or flight. And now we are all completely familiar with fight or flight, aren't we? We've all experienced that at some point in our life. We've all sensed danger before and we've all had that physical reaction that comes with that. So that shoot of adrenaline, your heart might start racing, you might feel the blood draining and go into your arms and legs so that you were ready to run or fight and you become hypervigilant, really hyper alert and you're trying to scope out where the danger is coming from and protecting yourself. So you know what I'm talking about here. And in this cave woman scenario, her body will sense the presence of the saber-toothed tiger and that will cause the physiological reaction of adrenaline going into the system and sending her body into fight or flight. And because her body is now recognising that this is not a safe birthing environment anymore, it works like absolute magic and it literally stops the labour from progressing. Labour stops. No matter where it was, labour stops. And I want to be clear here that I'm talking about the dilation process, okay? So this is the part of labour where you're getting your contractions, your cervix is opening up and making space for your baby to come out of your body, okay? So that's the stage that I'm talking about here, that first stage of labour. And what's also really fascinating to know as well is that your cervix can actually even do something called a cervical recoil, in which it becomes less dilated than it was before. So you can actually technically go backwards when it comes to cervical dilation as well, if your body identifies that it's not safe. So not only does it just stop the labour from progressing further, if it had to happen, then your cervix could actually begin to kind of close up again to hold your baby in place safely until the circumstances are better for that birthing process to happen again. So you can really see that we are not designed to give birth when we feel under threat, which is absolutely fascinating, isn't it? Now, I know what you're thinking. Kelly, we don't have saber-toothed tigers roaming around the halls of the labour ward. Thank God. Thank God we don't, okay? Of course we don't. But the process is the exact same. So think of how many other ways could adrenaline enter your system in labour. And what's key here is this is going to be really personal to you. We've all had different experiences in life, We've all got different thoughts and feelings about things. We've all got different triggers. We've all got 
different things that annoy us or hurt us or bother us. So it is completely personal. However, here are some examples that are really simple things that you've probably never even considered before to be anxiety-inducing or adrenaline-inducing, but sometimes can have that physiological reaction of sending us into fight or flight. So, number one, even if you are planning to give birth in the labour ward, just that journey of moving from your nice, safe home that you're very comfortable and familiar with, moving into the labour ward, doing that drive to the hospital that can be enough to send you into fight or flight. And that can be for a lot of reasons. Maybe that's because you've got previous negative experiences of being in hospital and you've maybe really never considered before that that's triggering and you've never healed from those past experiences. Or it can even just be something as simple as that's your shit just got real moment and you know, you're entering the hospital and this means that you're kind of going to be taking home your baby. This is where your new life begins. And that can kind of hit you like a ton of bricks and can be enough to spike adrenaline as well. Or it might be the suggestion of a birth intervention that you don't want. Maybe that would be going down the route of induction if you didn't want that. Or maybe that's forceps if you didn't want that. Or an unplanned C-section. It could also be something as simple as having a vaginal examination. Now, I could literally do a full podcast episode on vaginal examinations, their benefits, their risks. But, you know, vaginal examinations, a lot of people feel that they are commonplace in a birth experience and that they're necessary. That's up to you to decide if you feel that way. But if you did go down the route of having a vaginal examination for whatever reason, that can be quite uncomfortable. You know, it it's not a particularly nice experience. It can be uncomfortable. And just experiencing that discomfort could also be enough to send you into fight or flight because your body will start to pick up on that discomfort, that pain, that sensation. And, you know, it'll start to panic a little bit, like, what's going on? I'm trying to focus on getting the baby here and you're adding further sensations to this. It can be overwhelming for your body. So sometimes even just having that vaginal examination can provoke the adrenaline response. But also it could be because more of a mental challenge off the back of having a vaginal examination because maybe you were just getting that vaginal examination to check how dilated you are. And maybe you have felt like you've already been through a lot. You've been in labour for a while. You've had a lot of contractions and you believe you should be at a certain point. You know, maybe that was you would go into the labour ward and you'd think, I must be at least six centimetres now. And then you get this vaginal examination and the midwife says to you, actually, you're only three centimetres. Then you've got that mental challenge, okay? And that can be enough to build the adrenaline in your system as well, that panic, because you think you've been through a lot and you've experienced a lot already and you start to feel really disheartened because you're not as far as you thought you were. And that begins to trigger the thoughts in your head of, oh, how much longer have I got to go? And can I cope with having this much longer to go? And then it becomes a case of you can panic for that reason and that can build the adrenaline in your body. It might also be interactions with a midwife or a doctor that you feel that you just don't gel with or you feel doesn't understand or support your preferences. Maybe you feel a little bit of pressure from them a little bit of coercion from them. And I want to just make sure you know that obviously if that was the case, you can always ask for a different midwife, a different doctor, if you're not feeling properly supported. But even just like little comments that they could make can be enough to dishearten you. And it's that same kind of mental challenge as it is with the vaginal examinations. So there really is, there is a million and one reasons that adrenaline can spike and build in your body. 
And like I said, this is totally personal to you. But the point is it happens. Okay, so yes, we don't have saber-toothed tigers roaming the halls of the labour ward. We don't. But there are plenty of other situations in which anxiety and adrenaline can build in your system despite this. And often we actually haven't even considered that before because we kind of wrongly just assume that that's just part of the process and that it's just something that we need to get used to and live through. But absolutely not. It makes so much sense that we try and reduce the adrenaline that's in our system because our bodies just aren't built to give birth with adrenaline in our system. And what's also really interesting as well is that this full time that you're building adrenaline, you're going to be missing out on the opportunity to build oxytocin, which, if you don't know, is the key hormone for enabling labour to happen. And that is the hormone that's responsible for stimulating those contractions and the production of all the other hormones. They all work together. And so if you are building adrenaline, oxytocin cannot be made because they can't both be made at the same time. And so this can also negatively impact your labour in that way and help slow that down as well. And so what is going to be incredibly important as you begin to prepare for the birth of your baby is that you really take that time to sit down and try and visualise your upcoming birth. Where is it that you're planning for your birth to take place? What kind of circumstances would cause adrenaline to rise in that location? What if you had to be moved to a different location? Or if things that were on your birth plan initially and now looked like those were not going to happen? How would you deal with adrenaline in that sense? Do you have any previous traumas or experiences or any triggers that would potentially bring adrenaline into a labour scenario? Is there any other situations that would maybe feel difficult for you? Is there any ways that your partner can help support you? And this is why this work is so valuable and so important. And I always say to my clients that once you've wrote this down, which I always recommend, when you're actually sitting thinking about this, write down your worries, your concerns, anything that could bring adrenaline into your birth environment. And once you have wrote that down, you're likely to actually action dealing with that and finding a way to move forward and give that concern less power in your birth environment. So that might be that you need to speak to your your midwife or your consultant, or it might be that you need to speak to your hypnobirthing teacher or your birth partner. You might need to speak to somebody to help get some cooperation and support on that particular issue that might either make you feel better or it might make that feel a lot more manageable if it does come up. So yeah, it is really important that you have this conversation with your birth partner. Your birth partner is so important and so critical for supporting you in your birth, especially when things get a little bit tricky and adrenaline starts to rise in your body. Because remember, they're your safety net. So they need to know your triggers too so that they can actively try to either eliminate that trigger completely or help you come back from that trigger and start helping calm you down and build that oxytocin again. Because remember, you can never build both at the same time. So now you might be wondering, but what the hell do I do if I do build adrenaline in my birth environment? How do I bring that back down? Well, you see, this is exactly where hypnobirthing techniques have their time to shine. Because that is their exact purpose, to help you reduce that adrenaline and build oxytocin instead. The techniques are so incredibly valuable in this circumstance and that is why I rant and rave about how good hypnobirthing is. But of course, if you're listening to this but you're not yet a client, here's what I think you should focus on. Firstly, you're going to need to figure out the source of that adrenaline to find the cure. So 
as a, a negative Nancy midwife, I should of course say they're usually bloody lovely. But is that a negative Nancy midwife making you feel vulnerable or pressurised? So could you ask to swap your midwife? Or is it that you're struggling with intense sensations? Are you feeling like you're in a lot of pain? So do you want to maybe try a different comfort measure? Maybe that would be getting into the pool. Maybe that would try in medication if that's what you want you to do. Or maybe it's something as simple as getting up and moving about to distract yourself. But also remember what you already know about oxytocin. Oxytocin is a love hormone. So how can you bring love into the room? It doesn't matter if that's your husband or if it's your mum. Love is love and it works just the same. So how can you be comforted by your birth partner? Would physical touch help? Words of affirmation? Would talking about a great memory that you guys have together maybe help? Would you just want to hold hands? Or would you like to have a back rub? Also, ensure that your environment feels cosy enough because sometimes it can be as simple as this. Oxytocin is more difficult to build in really bright clinical environments as well. So is there any way that you could potentially change that to help you feel safer and more comfortable? Again, all of this is totally personal to you. So while you need to figure out your own triggers and what is going to build adrenaline in your labour experience, you also need to figure out what is going to bring you back down again. And another great wee tip for this is think about what is it that you already do when you've had a really bad day? What would you naturally, instinctively want to do when you've had a rubbish day and you need to pick yourself back up? Often that's a really good way to start. And there is ways to incorporate how you deal with a bad day into your labour environment as well. I hope that this gives you an understanding of how adrenaline negatively impacts the dilation process and can actually make that labour slow down or stop completely and then need further intervention to get that going again. If you cannot shut down that adrenaline and build that oxytocin back up to get things going again in a natural way. And I really hope that this pushes you in the direction of dealing with those worries and those concerns that are niggling away at the moment so you can start proactively planning a much more positive birth. Now we cover this topic pretty extensively in my hypnobirthing course. So of course if you want to learn more and you would like to work with me, as my outro states I will pop some more info in the show notes for you so you can find a way to work with me. But that's it for today. I am so looking forward to bringing you more birth content because as you would imagine it's my absolute favourite topic. So I really hope that this has helped. So I really hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and that you've been able to take something away from it, whether that's feeling less alone or more in the know. If you have enjoyed today's episode, the usual stuff applies. A review or a share with a friend is a really great way for me to build my community so that I can help more women. All the good stuff is in the show notes, guys, including details on how to work with me, or you can check out my website at www.breathingtobirth.com. I'll see you next week.